that's part of the reason why I was so excited to bring you on, Tony, because you've been an integral piece into our success in the last couple of years. And I, it's just, it's been such a dramatic change in the way we think about that, the way we think about hiring and bringing in people that um, I can't believe that we weren't doing it before. And I can't believe other people aren't doing it. And so um, at the end of the day, it all comes down to data and results and we are proof. And at the end of the day, whatever works for you works for you as long as you're getting results. But if you're not getting results, then, then why are you doing what you're doing? It's time for I want to connect the listeners to the best of the best. Welcome to the Evolved Broker Podcast. I am your host, Pat Costello, the co-founder and principal at Evolve MGA. Our mission for the podcast is to bring the insurance industry the best of the best. My guest today is Tony Quartaro, and he is the executive advisor at a firm called The Culture Index. Now, you may not have heard of Tony or The Culture Index, but his team has helped me personally take gigantic strides within my own business that I didn't think were possible. If you are growing a team or looking to hire really good people for your business, you know that finding the right people for specific roles within your company is super hard. You have to waste a ton of time on really bad interviews. And even if they interview great, they could be a bad fit. Uh, there's a, obviously a big element of risk with bringing on that new person. And on top of that, you have to pay them when they aren't ready to perform and you have to use other employees' time to make sure that they are up to speed. It is an absolutely brutal process, and it's why recruiters get paid what they do. But I have a few questions for you. What if you were able to eliminate 80% of the bad interviews that you typically have to do? What if you were able to get thousands of candidates coming to you by simply posting a link in the right spot? What if in 10 minutes you could learn a hundred times more about someone than you could in hours of interviewing? What if you were able to know if someone has the perfect sales personality before you ever speak to them? What if you were able to clearly understand why people on your current team are succeeding or failing? Tony has helped us accomplish each of these things that I just mentioned. He is our consultant and we've worked together for the last two years and there are other personality consultants out there, but he is by far the best that I've ever experienced or heard of. I wanna make it clear, I'm not getting paid anything to promote Tony or the Culture Index. I've just seen so much value firsthand that I felt that we needed to share it with our audience. Uh, if anything I just mentioned sounds interesting to you, you're gonna love the conversation that we just had. So without further ado, here's Tony. Mr. Tony Quartaro, welcome to the Evolved Broker Podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, this no. This be fun. Looking forward to it. We are very excited and to have sharing you. The, uh, sharing the story here. Yeah, definitely. How is Wisconsin treating you right now? Wisconsin, well, if you like 28, about a foot <laughs> of snow on the ground. It's a snow, kind of almost like a Christmas card out there. But more importantly, getting excited for the Packer Ram game this coming weekend. Okay. How's that? Okay. All right. All right. Yes. Um, well, my, I think my Niners are going to have a, a nice little comeback next year, so we'll see what happens there. But I okay. would love to dive in 
right away because I know our time is limited. And um, sure. I, I'd like to start off by having you describe what exactly is the culture index. So we're working with business owners to give you some some applied behavioral analytics about people, existing, existing teams, existing employees, as well as future, so that you see it objectively with data backed by science, mm-hmm. so that you make smarter decisions. Mm-hmm. Well, in Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, I think one of his primary points is that you have to have the right people on the bus before you even figure out which direction you're going to go. So I totally agree with you. I think people are the most important part and you've had a tremendous impact on the way that we do business and the way that we think about our hiring processes. Can you get a little bit more specific about what you do for companies to take them to the next level with their people? Sure. So the first thing when I I said we use applied behavioral analytics is we use, we use a device, I use a device, an instrument called Culture Index. It, uh, at its core, measures personality. We look at seven specific ones. What we do is help business owners mobilize how to, how to apply it by assessing. First of all, we have to assess current state. Like, what is our team look like today? Which will peel back the onion and help us see why we're doing, how we're performing, and why we're performing the way we are today. And then, ultimately, figure out, well, what's the plan going forward? Are there some people, some changes we might have to make? And then who do we have to add and what kind of people do we have to add inside of our organization? My job is to be a counselor to you, no different than your financial or maybe your legal advisor. We're working with you kind of hand in glove, being that right-hand person to challenge you, make you think, and maybe see things that your gut might be telling you, but you're not quite certain. So we're going to tell you with facts. When we started using the culture index, it was really Mm. like our eyes were fully opened to how we could bring in the best people for the best roles. And it really shined a light on how archaic our uh, recruiting and hiring process was before. Granted, we tried to put in a lot of checks and balances of like, you know, let's get a Mm. resume, let's get a GPA, let's get references, you know, let's get as much as possible. But we still found that a lot of the folks we're bringing on were not necessarily doing great in their roles. Yes, we had some superstars, um, but there, w- there was still, you know, some leakage in that onboarding system. So can you talk about why normal recruiting and hiring processes tend to fail? Well, when we bring people on, what do we look at? We look at what's available to us, which is what? Experience. You know, what's on the resume? Where did they work? Who do they know? Where did they go to school? What was their grade point average? And then what happens after three, six months after we bring them in? We start to find out that that person that I expected to be able to make decisions can't. That person that I expected to push or challenge others actually is the opposite. They're kind of meek or timid. We expect people to think ahead, but yet sometimes we bring them on and go, you know what, this is this person's very reactive. And now I have to be doing more of the uh, thinking, if you will, for that individual. So the question is, what happened? It starts here. How do we select? I just gave you a list of what typically we use because that's what's in front of us. What we don't know is the other side of the equation, which is 
who is this person? We hire people based on what they are. They've been in sales, they've been in operations, they've been in finance. What we don't know is who this person is. One of the things that you guys have been on a pretty good solid course going forward is finding not just assertive people, but very assertive, highly urgent, highly outgoing people. Going for 18, 24 months ago, you may not have looked at people that way. You looked a lot at what did it say on paper? Where did they work? How many years? Were they a job hopper? We call that the what they are. I'm helping people see who they are. Yeah, no, which is their personality. I, I think that's a great point because I think that a lot of people in hiring positions, just based around your um, typical tendencies to be sympathetic, you're more inclined to give someone the benefit of the doubt. And the beauty of the personality profiling system that you guys have is it eliminates it, it eliminates that and it puts everything in black and white data, so you can make a really clear, effective decision without any sort of emotion or any sort of sympathy towards a given person at the end of the day. So I love that. At the end of the day, it really comes down to three, three things. We look at all the stuff on paper, look at their past. We bring them in. The three things are, do I like them? Do I think they're going to fit in? And then what does my gut say? Is that subjective or is that objective? I would argue we put more objectivity and more analysis into buying uh, machinery like laptops or computers than we do people. So essentially all we're doing is trying to take that out. Yes, you're correct. And make this more of an objective process. We're going to look at someone's natural hardwiring, which has been validated by science, backed up by science. My job is to help mobilize it so that managers really kind of get it. So you're looking at specific traits that would help someone succeed and ideally dramatically succeed in a given role. Can you talk about what those specific traits are that your personality survey produces? Well, <clears throat> certain, yeah, the, certain, the traits that we're looking at that we're me actually measuring are seven. One, is, one trait is called uh, autonomy. So that's a, a degree of just how inner self-directed someone is. We're looking at something called social ability outgoing versus friendly, energetic versus quiet and reserved. We're looking at things like calm, who's kind of a laid back, lacks urgency versus an intense, fast paced person. Also looking at things like conformity. Does someone stay inside the box or do they get and think outside the box? Are they fear of failure or are they thick skinned and resilient? We're looking at stamina. More stamina means I can work through, I have more mental endurance to work through whatever it is I have to do. I also look at something called logic where we're showing how much passion or emotion or less do they have. We're also looking at multidimensional thinking, which is called ingenuity. Those are the seven traits all people possess. I work with you to kind of help you figure out what do you need what do you need, Patrick, for your business for these particular roles? It starts with some consultation, which is high level. Where are we trying to take the business? Where are we today? Now let's look and see and see if we have the right traits and the right roles. And those traits will paint a picture of what that person looks like. And the system 
applies it to how they would do in a given role, correct? Well, once we've uh, worked with you to try to establish what those traits should be, so it's not quite real simple, like here's the answer in a can. You pull it out and say, bing, here's the, here's the magic answer. It takes some discussion that I have to have with you, the hiring manager, the owners who are trying to say, what kind of culture do I want to have to get me to where I want to go? So once we have that in place, yes, now we're going to stay and hopefully stay the course where we're looking for those kind of traits for all those roles. So you stick to it. Yeah. And I'd like to just give every, the audience a story of our own company doing this because we had Tony come out for two days and we profiled everybody within our organization. Keep in mind, this survey takes 10 minutes or less to fill out. It's essentially selecting adjectives about yourself and Tony walked into the room with our management team and he was talking about people that I knew extremely well as if he'd known them for years. And it was like he was, people were joking that he was some sort of oracle. So what he was able to do was take the individual personality assessments that um, we'd given him and then talk about where he'd seen those personality, personality profiles succeed in given roles. And so Tony, I'd love to give you example, if you could give a few examples of specific roles, but for example, like a salesperson, you want that person to be highly autonomous and that you want that person to be very urgent. You don't want them to be complacent about getting something done. Can you talk about uh, specific personality profiles that would be good for certain roles, specifically sales? Yeah, generally so I can. Yes, you are right. We're measuring just how tenacious someone can be. We're measuring tenacity. We're measuring competitiveness. Yes, you do want somebody who is. My next question is how so? There's a scale. We're showing you just how tenacious someone can be. The next question is, can you handle this person? So I can say, here's the right person. But if you don't have leaders that know how to work with that individual, it's going to blow up. We're looking for people that can connect, energize, somebody who can instantly read a room. We're looking for people that have a high sense of urgency, people that work well under pressure or create urgency in others. We're also looking for some people that can follow up to a certain degree, not overly so, because if it's too much, then they get stuck. They get stuck in the weeds. And when they get stuck in the weeds, selling stops. So then we look at the rest of the organization. Do you have the rest of the people that can support these kind of individuals? Because these individuals may be a little, take a little bit more time, effort, and energy to support them. So we're going to look at some people perhaps that can think maybe deductively or more analytical, that have a strong, what we would call follow-through or very accurate type people that can support them. That way we're starting to build the team the right way. So you can't just take one person and say, here you go. Right. And people are done. Move on. People listening might be wondering like, oh yeah, obviously like, you know, sales is definitely a position we want to hire for, but there's lots of other positions from, you know, someone in a management position to someone in an underwriting or um, account executive or a more service oriented position, um, you know, all the way up to C-level positions. Um, I think one thing I'd like to make clear is that you have the ability to create these job roles for any position that you want based on the traits that you feel are necessary to get the job done. 
And Tony, maybe you could mm -hmm. comment on how you support that process in coming up with those ideal roles. So a lot of it is listening. I got to listen, uh, first of all, on the front end. Tell me what's going on today. Are you growing sales? Are you supporting sales? Are you getting clients? Are you losing clients? How are we running operationally to support the whole business? Give me a grade here in some of these areas. Good, fine, got that. Now let's go analyze and assess the team that we have in place, which is essentially when you said, when I walked in your organization and talked about all these individuals, I started explaining people so that one, I gained some credibility, but two, could start to explain, here's why this person may have a ceiling about here and can't get you to the next step. So therefore, at some point in time, we have to create or come up with a certain personality that we got to have to look for and bring into your business. Maybe you don't have it today. But if we look at the trajectory of where you're going, we can, by looking at these profiles, see who can scale with the business. But I think where you're going, Patrick, is yes, we're going to then create certain personality styles for these different roles to scale out your business. And Tony, there's other personality tests out there, but where the other personality tests fail, I think is really being blunt and honest about certain parts of personalities that aren't ideal for certain positions because I think a lot of the other organizations maybe like to make it seem a little bit more warm and comfortable, but you need to know if someone's gonna be disorganized. Can you talk about how you kind of act as a consultant if somebody wants to come and talk about a specific person that they're on the fence about and if that person could would succeed or fail given that role? CEOs, we find to get to the other side, to their goals, they want it straight. They want it candid. They want it just tell me like it is. If you noticed, um, did you see that in uh, my approach with you and uh, and your and your business leadership team? Absolutely. Kind of no nonsense. Take the gloves off. And that's what we preferred. If you don't, I don't know how you get past the problem. So we're very candid. And I, you know, where do others fail? I, a lot of ways I can answer that. One is. Um, we're not in the business of what I would call the personality report, personality test business. That's kind of transactional where it says, here, Patrick, fill this out. And I'm going to give you this report and you read it and it tells you all kinds of really good, nice, accurate, neat things about Patrick. And a lot of them tend to say, if you do this, he can be CEO of just about any company anywhere. Um, that's not what we do. What we do is we're looking at Patrick, we're looking at um, your partners, your owners and saying, tell me where you're trying to take this thing. Is it growing it? Well, to where, to what? Now, are you ready to hear the truth? Do I have permission to be candid? Great, now <clears throat> we're gonna start talking about your existing team. First, I'm gonna teach it to you, but then you're gonna see straight up front what kind of people you have. And these might be some very nice people that you've been working with for, for a long time, maybe even went to school with, and you really think that they're gonna be, me, be with me forever. I don't look at it that way. I'm gonna say, this is what you got. And if you wanna get there, um, you're gonna have to make some tough, very tough decisions. So one of the big differences, um, don't, don't wanna brag, but the difference is, is that the person you're working with 
kind of like your like your law firm, you're working with a lawyer, not a law book. That lawyer is doing what with you? Hopefully being very candid and being very forthright. That's where we're going with this. I'm going to really get, uh, if, if, if you're going to work with us, you got to be willing to take the truth because you're going to get the truth. It also clarifies how different personality types can interact together as well, correct? Oh, absolutely. No question about it. It's a little bit like, um, some of those producers you're looking for. We talked about tenacious. We talked about assertive. We talked about competitive. Well, guess what they do in an organization with relatively mild-mannered people? They might not necessarily have their way yeah, with them. They might not necessarily vibe well with them. They may not. Right. There may be people that are focused on the macro. They're not focused on the micro stuff. So now you get people internally that are going why am I doing all this work for them? Why can't they do it themselves? Well, by design, I hired people that are macro thinkers and micro thinkers. I need both of them or I don't, I don't grow my business. Now, I, as the leader, I need to kind of step in and say, I need you for who you are and I need you who for you are. So they may not always kind of initially mesh, but they need each other. As weird as it sounds, you may need to absolutely add or put conflict or conflicting personalities into your business. But uh, yes, we're going to show you how do you work? How, how do you make sure they work? So is it always working uh, like kumbaya like we're all going to get along? I would rather say, do you respect each other? It's more about respect than it is. Ah, that guy kind of is a pain. Okay, fine. But do you respect him? Oh, absolutely. Would you work for him again? Absolutely. If I get that, good. That's where we're headed. Respect them and understand what they're um, most likely to do in given scenarios and where they feel most comfortable and where they can succeed in those places. Like, I know for my brother and I, it was really eye-opening of like, okay, no wonder we've been experiencing certain tension around certain issues because, you know, a lot of times in a business, we have to um, make a lot of decisions and we're not always going to agree. But it was crazy to see oh right. no wonder this has been going on <laughs> and like you should not be focusing on this particular topic you should be focusing on this so that was really really interesting for us to see so we put all the managers through a two-day course that you mentioned a little bit uh, earlier there patrick why one is you need to learn it you need to intellectually understand it but more importantly you need to own it you need to own your own personality. You're going to learn your own personality as you will the others. And yes, it is going to be a little bit kind of soul bearing to a certain extent. But again, if you're not open enough to understand this, I don't know how you're going to get past it. But yeah, you and your brother are a little bit different there. And uh, hopefully you're, hopefully you get each other as opposed to, why does he keep doing that? Is he doing that on purpose? No. That's just who he is. I challenge everybody that's listening to this podcast that has not used the culture index to go to the link in this episode page on our website and fill out the survey because it takes less than 10 minutes and I will send you your results and you can see how accurate it is because I'm telling you it's wild. And a lot of times, one of the most common things I hear people say is like, you know, maybe maybe there's a couple things in her personality that aren't the, the most extreme positive things. Like, eh, I don't know about that. But if you ask the people that are around you most, they're a lot of times like, oh, no, no, that is you. So 
I would highly recommend anyone that is hesitant about this process at least see how accurate it is because that was almost scary to me. Um, but Tony, I think one question I also get asked a lot is, are there any just bad personalities? Can you comment on that? I'm not, we're not looking for bad or good. Um, I can have the wrong person in the wrong role, which then makes someone look like, wow, they're bad for that role. Well, that's because you looked a lot more at the resume perhaps and not the personality traits, but I wouldn't say there's a, a good or bad or right or wrong or pass or fail. And I think that it's data. It, it's it's data, data and it falls back on the person that's in the hiring role and how much initiative they're taking and how much buy-in the overall management team has in bringing in the correct individuals. And I think that's, that's one big issue that we've talked about in HR departments. So that's key. You also mentioned when does this work or not work? Um, <clears throat> or when do like personality tests or whatnot, when do, when do they not? The biggest thing that I always try to get people no matter what you do or use, um, whether it's using me to help you or whatever, the biggest thing I see out there is managers don't take ownership in the culture they want to create, which means they got to get more involved in who they hire and the type of personalities. You and your brother have been much more involved in what's going on. I see way too often, we're going to have this person down the hallway kind of run all this. Oh, that's all for, for, that's for him or her to handle. They do all the hiring. Well, if you do that, you've just taken your company and handed it to their, to that person. That person now is, is more powerful and in charge of your company. Why? They're deciding what kind of traits go where. And you have no clue because you don't know how to read this stuff. When we came in, I insisted, in fact, a, a um, course of doing business with us, I, I guess a rule of engagement is I must have all the leaders attend this, this workshop. It's about 12 to 14 hours, but you you're the ones who have to own it. And if I transfer the knowledge, you will get it. Managers need to own the culture they want to create and stay involved in who they bring in. And then third, how do you work with those people once you brought them in? So if you brought that person in, you got to own it. It's not the person down the hall. That's usually what why hiring mistakes really occur is companies don't make managers own it. I think that you I think that's been key. It. Very, very, that's very yeah, big. No, I think that's been key in our success. And I think that if you look at the last 25 people we've hired, we have been on the money. Uh, obviously, you want as many checks and balances in your hiring process that you can that you can get to get a clear idea of who the person is. And, you know, we might have had a couple people that had really um, kind of just out there circumstances that led them to no longer being um, like a really good fit for the company. But I, I'd say 95% hit rate in the last 25 people that we've hired, which is crazy. Um, but Tony, I'd also like to talk about the difference between culture index and other personality profiling systems, because one major difference that I noticed when I was researching all this was that a lot of times 
in other personality profiling systems, you have to pay per test, which puts a huge okay. uh, disincentive on uh, actually getting people to fill these things out, along with the fact that it takes forever for someone to do an hour or two hours or whatever it is. So the fact that this was super easy to fill out and um, sure. the fact that we're actually incentivized to send this personality survey in, to as many people as possible via a link. I mean, that's been key to us because we have candidates that are like, like just flowing to us nonstop based on where we've posted this link. So Tony, if you could break that down for the audience, that would be great as well. Sure. Absolutely. Um, great question. So again, being a consul, you know, kind of a, a, a consulting or an advisory firm, essentially what we're doing is advising you on building your business with people objectively. We're not selling tests. So you're not paying for a test. You're paying for solutions. Once a year, you get a fee from us that says annual consultation services. Nowhere does it say how many profiles or surveys or tests or call it what you want. Doesn't, there's no charge. In fact, I try to get people to think of it this way. They're free. Those surveys those people take are absolutely free. Where, in fact, where Patrick and the whole process of onboarding someone, do you look at the survey? Where do you look at the survey? When do you look at the survey? Are you talking about the completed survey? Yeah. Yeah. Just testing you here a little bit. When do you actually say, okay, it's time we to add people. Where in the whole process of their employment do you look at that survey? Prior to ever meeting them. Get that? You provide. So I didn't look at the resume yet. I didn't phone screen them. Did nothing. That's how much validation you have in your mind about how this profile is going to come out. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's so. why you're able to eliminate that 80% of bad interviews that you're typically doing is because you can see the cream of the crop right away. Sure, sure. So just before the call, I went in your system. I looked at, I tried to look at some numbers here. You just said you brought on about 25 people. You brought on 25 people in the last, uh, let's say maybe what, 24 months since I've been working with you? 24 months, 25? Yeah, yep. that years. sounds okay. about right. Do you know you have a, roughly 2,000 people that have completed a survey? So I'm honestly not surprised. People, yeah. 2,000 people to get down to this many interviews, to, to get this many, to get to this many applicants. But those 25, you went in knowing who that person already is. You knew a lot about them. You also knew through some consultation and that training we gave you that this is the personality I want to get. And then if you've watched, I have met with you and, uh, and Michael from time to time and do review meetings to say, are we in the right track? We've been adding these. Is this making sense? Yes, it's one that they're, that they're turning out and, re, and, and let's say turnover is reducing. The bigger question I have is, give me the ROI. I'd like to be scored on how are we doing with the growth? You know, the key objectives we look at from the beginning, which is what's the growth? What's profitability? What's, what's what, right? Are we getting to where you guys said you want to go to? We're here to build wealth. We're here to build value. We're here to build a top line. People do that. So yes, surveys are free. It's really, I like to look at it as you're paying mostly for our expertise. 
Exactly. And you're only limited when you do not put that link to that survey in as many places as you could. And you're not promoting that link in as many ways as you could. To give you to give the audience an example, and Tony, you could you could you could jump in whenever here, but we've been posting this link on Indeed. We've been posting it on our website. We've been posting it on um, Game Iota Sigma, which is an insurance related uh, fraternity website for folks coming out of college looking for jobs. Uh, we've been doing email blasts. Um, we've been doing college boards. We've been doing something called Handshake, which is uh, an enormous platform for connecting with folks coming out of college. So Tony, I'll let you dive in. Excellent. Excellent. So here's the, so here's how, here's how it works. It's um, everybody might be familiar with them, with the movie Moneyball or kind of playing Moneyball to a certain extent. Once we got it figured out what kind of personality traits we're looking for, we've been able to show you that the target you're shooting for with that personality type is give or take 11, 12% of the population. That's what we're after. So. And Tony, real quick, let me just jump in there. Um, uh I think people look at their organizations, they're like, man, I wish I could bring better people to the organization and I could point to this key all-star or this person that's doing well, but I don't know why this other person's failing. It's like, that's because that one person that is succeeding is a diamond in the rough when we're talking about the data, when we're talking about Moneyball. So, um, right. Just wanted to throw that in there for um, people that are looking at their own teams. Right. So then I'm going to get this. Then I'm going to get this. Well, where am I going to find them? You're talking about a unicorn. They don't exist. So now how much time did we spend talking about, well, how are we going to get that candidate flow up? In the beginning, I was seeing maybe 10 surveys a month. Today, I'm starting to see 50, which means you guys are starting to figure out the real game. What's the real game? How do I get this candidate flow coming into my organization? One is exposure. You got to make yourself conspicuous. Two, when you start winning, meaning performing as a company, somehow people notice and they want to, they're going to find you. So you got to win. You got to know how to win. Um, You got to create a a winning culture, but you got to make yourself obvious. You mentioned a bunch of sites you use. Uh, That's great. Congratulations. That company's and biggest sin. It's like, well, they got three people, and uh, which one should I pick? Well, I hate to tell you, you're over three. None of them fit. Well, I need someone tomorrow. Well, we got a bigger problem then. I'm going to take you up here and say we got to figure out. It's almost a little bit more like a marketing or a sales initiative. How do I attract people to my website to fill out this little survey? which you said takes about 10 minutes. Correct. So that's the, that's the real game is how do I track talent? So we're kind of watching that and your, yeah, your flow rate is nice going up nicely. Yeah. And we could increase that even more. Honestly, we should be increasing it more. And one thing I know that we've done as well is we actually curate those postings with our link that will attract the person for that specific role, right? Like a hunter mentality. So, um, Tony, can you, I I believe culture index has some of those descriptions that people want to use it. So, so a couple things, just to, just a, uh, one more thought is, so I gotta, I gotta tailor some ads. So how do I write an ad? Remember ad is for advertisement. So many times I see ads look like job descriptions. Wow. How much do I want to, that sounds really exciting. I want to work there. I got to write something that 
is enticing, enticing enough to say, click on a link. What you guys do is literally put that culture index link right there in the ad. So that once they read it, it says to be considered, click here before you even apply, click here. Okay. So I'm getting all these surveys coming in right to right to right from the get go. That makes sense. Makes sense. So the key is candidate flow. I got to get ads. I got to put them in places that are conspicuous. I got to say something that is going to entice me, excite me. Yes, if you're winning, your company gets noticed. I've recommended many organizations hey, use other sources of media to get your name out there. Use billboards. Um, you got to get your name out there. It's just, it's people. If one of the, another very big sort of sin I see is we don't take looking for people serious enough. In your business, it should be as important, if not more important than looking for clients. It's also, and it isn't a once in a while thing. It's a constant thing. And it's also not a big ask for someone to fill out a survey that's just selecting adjectives about themselves that takes less than 10 minutes. Shouldn't you write the ad in such a way that uh, makes it pretty compelling. It's just a little link. It says, good. Now to be considered, click here, takes them right to the survey. After they fill out the survey, it tells them which position are you applying to account exec, account manager, administrative, whatever the case may be. What happens is as the surveys come in, they get, they get sort of uh, attached to that position. So when you go in the database, you see all the people that apply to account rep, producer, account manager, whatever it is, and it just sorts them. And it's going to sort them how closely they match to the position that we established, that we established up front in that workshop process when we figured out this is what we're looking for. I think we even, I think we've, we've got it down all the way into the, your, uh, into your underwriter type positions. Oh yeah. Into the underwriting positions and management positions. We, uh, I know we just yep. recently created a, an executive assistant position in there and really, I mean, it's so easy that whatever we want, we have a open position or we need to fill a position. We will create that role within our system and then we'll start getting it out there and putting it in the right places where we know the, um, type of person that we want to attract. We'll go to look. Here's something else that it's doing is you'll have people that may be applying for an underwriter position. So this is going to get you to this. This information is going to make you think and look differently about people that are coming into your organization. There have been times when you get people that come into your organization that are applying or maybe looking for an underwriter position. Clearly a different personality than a producer. But guess what? They have a producer's personality. So that may cause you to think differently about that person. Why don't I bring them in? Sure, we'll make them an underwriter, but let's start talking to them now about here is your path. It helps so, you get into a role where you're, everything is grooving well and you feel comfortable and you're passionate about what you're focused on. And a lot of times I think people are shocked. They're like, wow, this is like, I have so much energy doing this. And one specific segment of the survey that comes out is something called energy units. And Tony, I'd yep. love to touch on this briefly because it sounds like when you have someone, uh, so basically you get two sections of the results. One will be um, 
what someone is like at work and what someone thinks they need to be at work. And sure. if those energy units don't line up, then something bad could happen. Well, so what you're what you're getting into is, you know, we've been spending a lot of time maybe on on, on just on just hiring, and it's it's much more than that. Hiring is a piece of the puzzle. In fact, it's about maybe ten percent of what we're doing. Again, we're focused on where is Evolve trying to go with its business, looking at all the various people in those departments, making sure they got the right people. They're led by the right managers. The managers are leading people the right way. But what Patrick is getting at is when we start working with an organization and people are already in jobs, we can, we can uh, help you determine just how much sort of stress someone might be in. Are they, right? Because I, be, I can be this kind of a personality, but I'm in a role that requires me to have what I would call an out of mind experience. I got to be someone very different. So I have to come to work and do what every day? Act. It's like, how much do you have to so stress yourself? Acting do? Right? Correct. Right. So what does that do? That starts to tax our mental energy. It takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of effort. How many very mild-mannered producers that are kind of amiable, docile, if you will, but they're out there and they got to go hunt. And you're wondering why they don't and you keep pushing them. If they actually do, what does it take for that person to go from here to here? Just how much mental energy does that take? That's what Patrick is getting at. So we'll see oftentimes in organizations when we kick off the process, I mean, they know it, they're not telling you, you kind of suspect it, but it's gonna start to show you where, where do you have some disconnects between who the person is and the role they're in. At the end of the day, yes, we don't wanna do that to people. We want people to be happy. We want engagement high, morale to be high. Every job isn't meant for every personality though some people may try to tell us they should be. I don't subscribe to that, however. So that's what Patrick is getting at is when we look at it, we can start to see discrepancies in their natural personality and what they're trying to fake or try to become, if you will. Make sense? That <clears throat> makes total sense. I'd like to just comment briefly on the, so people can get a full idea start to finish of how this process works. First thing, Put out the link to the survey wherever you think it's going to get the most eyes with the uh, type of person that you're looking to bring in, right? For us, because we hire a lot of folks out of school, a lot of times it's college boards and stuff like that. Then you'll be notified every time someone fills out a survey and you will see within a percent of how close they are of a match to a job role. From there, it's, it's extremely simple because you know how... Uh, how great they're going to be at their job, you know exactly um, what you want to ask them in an interview, if there's any gray area in their personality. And then, by the way, if you're on the fence, that's when you have someone like a Tony that you can call and say, hey, Tony, I I'm thinking about this person. Tony pulls up their profile too. You talk about it together. And you know, Tony's like, you know what? This person's great, but actually uh, this other person in the system is could be a rock star at this role. So that's, that's our Have process. You, yeah. Well, even still, Patrick, when you've called me about someone, have you ever seen where we've, I've kind of gone into your database and say, wait a minute, you got one over here. Let's talk about this person. In other words, you just, just kind of found a little diamond in the rough that someone may have thought, well, I don't know. They don't have a lot of experience yet. Maybe they don't have the right this on their resume. I don't know. Have you done that where you've said, I'm going to go with the personality. 
I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go, I'm going to play money ball here. I'm going to go with the dots. I'm not going to go with their, right. What, what it says. We have, have done that. We have it. Yeah. And, 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 uh, we have a really funny story actually, because we were just kind of implementing the culture index into our company. And, you know, we have, um, uh, our CFO is named Dan. He's a very old school guy. And we were looking for an accounting assistant for his specific department. And he was very adamant about having control in the, over who he brought in. And he had his eyes on this one candidate. And we were like, Dan, absolutely not. We need to focus on the, the way forward, right? He was pretty grumpy. You made, you made him pretty grumpy. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember him coming in the office one day, just like sitting down. He's like, there's no way you're going to tell me yeah. that this person isn't the right person for the job. And I was like, look, right. Dan, right. after talking to Tony... Like, I think we need to consider other options. And then one of the funniest things happened. So without being prompted, no rehearsing, uh -huh. got me on the phone. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. We got Tony on the phone and uh, we got Dan on the phone and we started talking about other options. And a girl named Tiffin was at the top of Tony's list. And ironically, uh, Tony didn't even know this. Tiffin happened to be Dan's daughter who he just got to fill out the survey for fun, right? And Different last names, right? So I couldn't tell. Exactly. Yeah, different last names, so he couldn't tell. And then that just blew Dan's mind and made us completely shift about how we were looking for that role. And it also led to Dan's complete buy-in of the system because it turns out she was perfect and she was in a situation where, you know, she, um, she could leave whatever she was doing at the moment and it was the right opportunity for her to jump in and take over a lot of um, significant accounting responsibilities. And, and they work together extremely well to this day. So um, shout out to Tiffin and Dan for going through that process. So lots of insight you're going to get about people that you already have. Yeah. And that, I, you know, might be, you might find people that are stuck here, I'll give you a little, this is, this is a conversation I heard a little earlier, had this morning, a CNC machinist, totally different industry. That's what they're going to see. That's all we're working with. A graph that looks something like that. CNC machinist. Now, I also know the team that this person was on because the leader told me isn't performing well. He said, I'd give it a grade C at best. So... I just casually look through, well, not casually, it's part of what I do, is we take a look at all the people on that team. And I said, tell me about this guy named Jake. You know, what about him? I said, that's a leader. That's a natural born leader personality. Have you thought about him? I go, you know, about six months ago, he's looking for more to do. In fact, since I didn't give him anything, he then uh, was talking about uh, leaving the organization. And I said, promote him. I said, well, he's kind of young. I said, I don't care. Promote him. He's your next guy. That is the guy. So I just got up. We did a little review session. I guess Jake here is doing fantastic. The team is performing better. I mean, he's just got it. But they never thought about it. Why? I don't know. He's maybe late 20s. Going to be managing some people probably in their 40s and 50s. That's wild. Yeah. And that's We're getting rid of those stereotypes. We're getting rid of it. Yes. Yes. The stereotypes <laughs> around age, sex, um, race, whatever it is. Um, yep. When it comes down to personality and putting the right person, I, I think it's really, really interesting to watch them 
start to thrive in those positions because we've experimented with it ourselves. So it's so funny, Tony. It's like, I think a lot of people watching this or listening to this might be wondering like, well, how do I know if this works? I'm like, I believe so much in that it works that I'm single right now. And I'm like, like, you know, I'm talking to girls and they're like, oh, like, what's your horoscope like that? I'm like, well, maybe you should just fill out this, this link, <laughs> you know? So, um, uh. We'll see, Tony. We might have to we'll, we might have to talk about that off camera, but the potentials out that are out there. No, I understand. I just I just had a CEO call me this morning and put his fiance on the on the call and says, "Can we talk about her?" And I said, "Are you sure? I'm sure, you're ready for this." Mm -hmm. Full <laughs> see where that goes. Full, full service very consultancy. It's very enlightening. <laughs> yes, yes. He called me a little later and he said. Uh, I think I should have called you a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised, honestly. So it's so funny. Um, yeah. Where was I going to go with it? I had, I had a thought, but go ahead. You're going to say something there. No, no, no. I, I think it's just so funny because I, I feel like I have done it on all of my family and friends. Um, it's so funny. Ironically, my mom would be a phenomenal <laughs> underwriter. Um, yes, I remember that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She's a saint, right? She's got the profile of a saint. Yeah, Saint Very Maureen. Cool. Saint Maureen. Saint Maureen. Absolutely. Not not so great at prioritizing. Is, yeah, I remember that. I remember. I remember that. You guys called her up, got her on the phone, and says, "Tony, tell my mom about my mom." Okay, great. So this is a little different type of scenario. If you recall, when I first met you, met you, uh, met you Patrick. The first thing I had you do, because I got I to gotta go a little bit from, okay, we've seen these tests. They're a little bit like voodoo, maybe black magic, maybe like a parlor trick. So the first thing we have to do is get you past that. I have to establish credibility. How do I do that? I build mental validity. So what I just did was I just held up and showed you a graph. What, I'm, what I typically have people do before a meeting or a meeting or a session even like this is, I make you complete one yourself and get about 10 to 15 of your employees. Then have me come in. All I'm going to do is prove up the concept by reading the results back to you. Do that with any assessment device. Put that person's neck, if you will, on the line and say, read these back because you want to see how accurate they are because I'm going to be working with you. I want to make sure that this person knows what they're talking about and they've got some very accurate, reliable information. Put them to the so, test. Put, put your money where your mouth is. Put your money where your mouth is. Put it on the line. Get people to do a whole bunch of them in advance. That's where Patrick is going with this. Um, you got to take it. You got to read it back. Judge for yourself. Did it explain things? Did it help? Could you see then the correlation between, between what you see and performance and where it can take your business? That's really the, that's really the secret to any of this information. Yeah. I am fully bought in on the concept and especially the process, because that's really where the value comes into play because you can waste so much time doing bad interviews and um, hours and hours of going through the process of trying to decide who's right and who's wrong. And so much of, um, you know, business leadership books is just talking about like, oh, you should ask this specific question. And, you know, you should ask this person what their car looks like right now, the inside of the car, how clean it is to get an idea who the person is. And at the end of the day, no matter what questions yeah. you have in there, 
there's people that can interview well, right? So you don't really learn about a person until they're six months into the job. And at that point, you've invested money, you've invested other employees' time, you've trained them, and all that investment, I mean, it's why recruiters get paid what they do. So, so. you bring up a good point there, Patrick, if I can add to that. I've been, Absolutely. I started using this as a manager, and I was kind of in Patrick's shoes, oh, 19 years ago or so, and we were stuck as a business and couldn't figure out what it was. And we tried lots of stuff, consultants, training, coaching, cajoling, you name it. Nothing seemed to work. I got introduced to someone through word of mouth, kind of like how I met Patrick here. And it opened our eyes to it. Um, I applied it, used it, and got really figured things out. And after about the third year, I said, I think I can do this for a living. If I could just show this to other business owners, I think they're going to see this is kind of a missing ingredient. Now, from that day forward, I'm, I'm still to this day, Patrick, perplexed at trying to figure out what do we really get from the interview? What do we get from that? Because, yes, um, the person I just showed you just a minute ago would not have been granted an interview for a supervisor role in a company. They went off the traits. He would not have been granted that. Um, how many times, yes, do we pick people because we like them, we connected, we felt there's chemistry. Yeah, it's someone that I think I can go have a beer with. I think they're going to fit in. I see they went to the same school I did. I don't know. Look at all the ways we pick someone. Um, but what do we really find out in the interview? We might find out historical information that they, you know, they're typically on their best behavior. But I can't, you know, I can't tell something. One thing that I do try to figure out in the interview is I'm trying to figure out how much passion is there, how much desire. I can't tell for a producer. I can't tell how much income is a minimum standard of living for them. Now, I might be able to ask some of those questions. I did have that happen to me one time where... They kind of reached a certain income level and then they started to plateau and didn't work as hard. And I thought, what the heck's going on here? Well, that's what they told me. And I'm like, oh, shoot, that's their number. They're done. So little stuff like that I might be able to ask or try to determine or figure out is, you know, where's that ceiling? How far do they want to go? Some stuff like that I might be able to figure out if it's a producer type of position. Passion, can't tell that. passion income are two really key things to figure out in that interview. And obviously it doesn't well, hurt. Or do they want to be in your, do they want to be in your industry? Do they, how much do they want to be in your industry? Right. Are they looking to have a, 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 a you know, kind of a, a lifestyle job or are they looking for something that, uh, you know, how, how far do they want to take this? Right. So uh, most of these traits, these, most of these traits will tell that. But there might be asked about, you know, there's some things you can't find out. There might be some of that stuff, some very subtle stuff. But the interview, yeah, I don't know. I struggle with that. What do we find out? I don't know where they where they went to school, what their hobbies are. It's not nearly and the then full picture. And then you hire them and, then, and you find out, well, they, didn't, they, they haven't gone skiing in 25 years, but they listed that as a hobby. So I don't know <laughs> what do we learn. Yeah, What's and stuff on? on their resume that, you know, a lot of times they probably don't even remember, you know? 
they're just trying to answer questions to the best of their ability. Depends on how you ask them. How many follow-up questions do you ask to the question? I don't know. At the end of the day, what kind of personality traits resonate with what kind of personality traits? Typically, you know, friendly people don't get very reserved people. <laughs> they don't click. Interesting. For example. Yeah. No, it's so, uh good point. Good question. It's very, very interesting. Good. It's it's I, I think each part of that process has to be examined because at the end of the day, what you want to do is get a true accurate portrayal of who this person is. And with the resume, with the interview, with references, that person has full control over all those things, right? They're, they're listing everything that's down there. They're controlling how they're coming off in the interview. They're preparing for the interview. They're withholding certain things that they feel are maybe not uh, the best things to bring up in the interview. And so this is an element right. of learning about that person in uh, a way that is just really true to who they are. And it's one of the most transparent tactics that I've seen to really build a real picture of that person. Right. Well, you keep, you keep saying, you mentioned a few times, six months. See, you, for, for one hour, I can control my behavior and answer questions. For six months, I can't. For six months, I got to go see people. I got to get meetings. I got to impose on someone's calendar. I got to get in front of someone. I don't know, whatever it is. I have to make tough decisions, whatever the case is. After six months, there's been enough that it will have transpired. Now, we're just trying to advance that information so you see it today as opposed to have to spend six months and find out the hard way. So, Tony, th this is a, an integral so, part of our... On. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No. No, I hope what will happen is uh, another year or two, we're going to look back and say, all right, let's, let's, look at your, let's look at your numbers here. Okay, where's this organization growing? I'm liking 25 employees. 25 employees, if I do the math there, uh, Patrick, that means you've grown... You've you've just about doubled since I met you. Just maybe 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 have doubled. Getting pretty doggone close. How many companies can say they've doubled here? I think you're spot on. In the past two years, we've had a have had a kind of a difficult. Uh, you know, it's kind of tricky here the last two years. So that's where that's kind of also is it accurate? Yes, it's accurate. But the accuracy then should. The accuracy of it and the consultation should lead to a bigger result. So, if all of that adds up, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, then we're then we're then we're going somewhere. That's we're making some sense. That's part of the reason why I was so excited to bring you on, Tony, because you've been an integral piece into our success in the last couple of years, and I, it's just it's been such a dramatic change in the way Thank we you. think about that, the way we think about hiring and mm -hmm. bringing in people that. Um, I can't believe that we weren't doing it before. And I can't believe other people aren't doing it. And so um, at the end of the day, it all comes down to data and results and we are proof. Yeah. And at the end of the day, whatever works for you works for you as long as you're getting results. But if you're not getting results, then, then why are you doing what you're doing? Obviously this is an integral piece of the way we do business and the way a lot of companies do business. But um, is there any areas where the culture index, uh, the results or the survey, the entire process, is there any area where it doesn't pick something up about a candidate that's coming in? Like, is there any surprise that an employer might get that is not detected by the culture index? You know, we can't measure anything clinical. Okay. Um, 
I was just talking to a CFO yesterday as a dynamite employee and we can't, you know, like that, that employee though has lots of stuff going on in their personal life. So that affects, you can't tell that just, I don't know, little subtleties like that. Um, <clears throat> that those are typically the two biggest things that, that uh, we can't figure out that may have an impact on, um, on performance. That I tend to, that I tend to see is uh, you can't measure everything, can't tell yeah, everything. Yeah, I wish you could. I wish you could find that stuff out. I don't know, Patrick. Can you ask some some of that stuff? Can you ask some of that in the interview process? Absolutely. Yeah, you can ask that. You can ask. Uh, um, I'm being I'm being facetious there. <laughs> no, we can't. So, um, you know, um, you know what's going on in that. Right. I can't. I can't. Hobbies, likes, wants, interests. Yeah. Can't tell any of that. How much knowledge they have. Where they went to school. I can't measure IQ. IQ, yeah, that's an interesting one. That's like I can have high IQ. I can have a high IQ, but still be a relatively mild, docile-like personality. Yeah, see where I'm going with that. Yeah, I do, and I think that for us specifically, when we're targeting, for example, if we're if we're targeting someone coming out of college, the more unbiased, objective statistics that you can get on someone, the the clearer picture you're going to have. So, like GPA is a great example. Right. Or maybe they've, maybe they've even filled out some sort of assessment in the past. That's, you know, at least giving you something else beyond the presentation of themselves, their resume, their references, et cetera. Sure. Sure. A lot of great resumes, great point averages, but it's like, okay, what's, so if that's the case, what's, what's going on here? A system of Um, checks and balances, I I think is what's got, what it's got to be a system of checks and balances. You know, and a, a kind of an analogy to that, uh, Patrick, is look at athletes. How many athletes come out of college that have this enormous talent, this enormous potential, and they don't they don't work out? Oh, trust me. What do you think might have happened? This is going to make you think different. I, how many, you, how, or conversely, I've got athletes to fill out surveys. That's what I'm saying, Tony. players even. I, you in, and I, so, so the audience knows, Tony and I have a mutual connection. Stan Johnson, the coach of LMU basketball. And I don't know why he hasn't implemented personality testing into his athletes because we even asked him about it. And it's, it's just, you know, typical hiring process of a typical company is the same thing that he uses. Where it's, you know, I look for these, uh, I look for these qualities in the individual, but it's like, how are you actually measuring it? Right? So we might be able to recruit Stan into uh, the system pretty soon, though. We'll see where that. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Tell him I said hello if you see him. <clears throat> yeah, we'll do I know him pretty well. We'll do. Um, but no, I've seen how many times I've seen athletes undrafted, undersized, didn't have the great numbers at the combine, whatever the case is, but yet they turn out great. Because there's something because maybe they have the high personality traits. Yeah. Exactly. Autonomy, discipline. So we're measuring autonomy. We measure discipline, work ethic, tenacity, <clears throat> rigor. There's certain other things we get into. Get there's other sub traits that I haven't spoke about, but um, see it all the time. See it all the time. How much does personality get someone to over? You know, rise above whatever it is they may not have. 
essentially is where you're going with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're looking for the common characteristics between really high achievers. Sure. I'm going to think that you're going to find a lot of the same qualities in terms of how autonomous are they? How competitive are they? How organized are they? You know, how sociable are they? Right. Sure. Quick story. Got a, got a client I was just thinking about. Probably met him in about 2008 or nine. Company was struggling. He started it from scratch. They did lighting systems for fuselages. Okay. He had some really smart engineers that he made as his business partners that could build the lighting systems. So when I met him, he was probably stuck, I don't know, 70 employees, and he wasn't going anywhere. In fact, some of the discussion, the upfront discussion I'm hearing from him is, Tony, I'm on, kind of on the fence here if I should even keep the business. I might dump it because it's starting to, I'm starting to put my own lot more cash and my father's cash and, you know, brothers and sisters cash and they're getting a little grumpy at me. He says, okay, let's follow through on this. So <clears throat> he went on a journey and he took control. He didn't go down the hall and say to the person in the HR room, can you go hire a bunch of people for me? He stayed on top of it himself. He did what you were doing, Patrick. They were paying attention to to the type of traits, complete overhaul in the personality traits of its leadership team, next layer, next layer, all the way down to shop floor. Okay. So he stuck to it, got a great team. All of a sudden, it's seven years later, gives me a call. Um, we had review meetings. In fact, some of the people he thought would be, were good managers at the time. I said, uh, when I show you a good one, you're going to go, mm, maybe this guy isn't as good as I thought. So that played itself out. But here's the key. Seven years later, he had uh, two large aerospace organizations competing for him. He ended up selling the business for $238 million dollars. Took me to lunch, bought me a, I don't know, a cheap taco taco sandwich or something and said, hey, I just want to thank you. Uh, you made me pretty wealthy. And I said, how so? He goes, I had all these smart people. I just had the wrong, wrong people. I didn't have leaders, but I didn't know what a leader meant. I thought if you were smart, you're a leader. So we didn't really move anybody out. We just moved people around, but we got the right people all across the management team and it just flourished. The key was he had a great personality for business development. He wasn't doing that. When he got the right leaders, he went out and he got Boeing. He got uh, he got Airbus. He got some really big clients. And uh, wow, yeah, I said, uh, you know, next time, uh, Jerry, I think um, if I did it over again, I think when I sign a contract, I just want one tenth of one percent of what you sell your company for. And I won't charge you it for anything else. <laughs> but just saying, it's I mean you when you apply it and you stick to it. So we'll see where this goes. You know Patrick, you guys are I'm pretty proud of you guys. What you've been what you've accomplished so far. Well thank you very much. And uh <laughs> you know we'll continue to look at the data and we'll continue to talk as we move forward. But again there's so many signs pointing to why this is a successful system and why it's a successful process. When you look at, you know, Jim Collins book, good to grade, or when you look at, you know, what anything is telling you with whatever industry you're in, that's a key as well. This applies to any industry. Um, but having the right people on the bus in the right seats is the biggest thing. And it's the biggest place to start. 
So, I mean, people don't have to implement this. They don't have to, but you're wasting a lot of time and you're going to be dealing with a lot more frustrating situations if you don't implement this. So, so when I got started in this, Patrick, I was like, okay, how am I going to start getting people to get meetings with me? And so the first year I had to work to try to get my name out there. And literally I referenced that I would, I would call someone and kind of a cold call, I guess. And, and, <clears throat> you know, how do you introduce this? And I said to uh, whoever picked the phone, I said, I'll bet if you turn around right now at your, on your, and your chair, you're going to see the book good to great. And they'd go, are you sitting in my office? I go, no, everyone has it. Everyone has the book. Everybody read it. And I said, how do you know how to go from good to great? How do you know you got the right person? What does great look like? I have a solution for you that can show you what that looks like with some data. Could we get together? But that book came in real handy to get me off the ground. If mm-hmm. uh, now that you mentioned it, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. So one of the best business <clears throat> books of all time. Um, yeah, it is. It is. Well, Tony, again, I think you've you've brought a ton of value. Uh, you have a ton of knowledge about individual personality types. I think it's um, it could definitely be worth it for us to do this again, talking about a particular subject. But before we jump off, is there any other final um, comments or topics that you think business owners and people within companies that are dealing with hiring should know about in terms of personality, personality profiling, culture index, or anything else that we've touched on so far? Well, just ask yourself, as business leaders, owners, are you satisfied with where your company is at? If it's not, ask yourself, do I have the right people? Do I have the right people? Am I just, am I just kind of turning a blind eye? How do I know I do or don't? <clears throat> what we do is offer, uh, my, Patrick kind of mentioned this, a little bit of an upfront assessment, just kind of proves out the concept. Let's take a look. But um, the big question that should be on your mind is, are you satisfied with where the current performance of your organization? Or are there specific areas of the business that aren't, that are really frustrating to you? It doesn't have to be that way. It's not going to change. People don't change. And I can give you, I can give you our experience, Tony, as well. We were like, we were so frustrated by all the time we were spending on the interviews and then dealing with a person that wasn't working out. And then, you know, it's just a, a world of frustration when you're dealing with that. And we were looking for any sort of solution. And I remember I was at a conference and there was multiple businesses in the room that were literally raving about their experience and talking about how they had Tony Quartaro on their speed dial and how this is... Um, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. And I didn't believe it, honestly. And so again, I would challenge anyone to, to test it out. You can call me, you can ask for my experience. Um, and, uh, I'm happy to share it with you and happy to share our entire, um, recruiting and onboarding playbook for how we do it. Because I think we, we've experienced a lot of obstacles and we've put together a lot of really cool solutions that make the whole process simplistic from start to finish. But Tony, Thank you so much. You for, thank you so much for coming you on. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for, uh, thanks for inviting me. This was been a pleasure. Love talking about this stuff and love hearing your, your, what you're doing. That's, um, 
that's that gives me great satisfaction, gratification, and whatnot. So yeah, that's everything. Absolutely. Watching businesses, watching business owners, business transform. That's uh, that that's huge. Yep. Well, fr- from from the great. feedback feedback that we get from this episode being out there, um, I I know that people are going to want to talk about one uh, specific section of. Um, the assessment process or how to deal with a certain personality profile or there's so many granular points that we could dive into. And so uh, I look forward to doing, doing that with you in a future podcast episode. Love to keep checking in, see what kind of progress we're making. Absolutely. Cool. Thank you. Thank you guys. We will wrap this up right here. Thank you. Talk to you soon, Tony. All right. Bye.